Hello and peace be upon you. I'm Omar Mara, the co-founder of Hijama Nation Academy, where we teach online hijama cupping therapy courses. Welcome to the Hijama Nation podcast. In today's episode, I will talk about how I was suffering from epilepsy and experienced chronic seizures for many years. I'll be covering how natural remedies and hijama cupping therapy helped me to stop my seizures and treat my memory loss too. Make sure you stay tuned until the end of the show to listen to a detailed case study about a lady who lost her memory after a head injury and could not even remember her family. She refused to nurse her infant baby and her husband was really depressed and worried. I'll be telling you about how just one hijama session with me helped her to regain her memory, take care of her children and start living a normal life again. So firstly, I'm going to just tell you a bit about myself, my background how we came into hijama and what our goals are for hijama nation, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, I'm married. I've got four lovely children, mashallah, ages between 18 down to eight. Um, I grew up in England, alhamdulillah, in London. I went to school, college and university there. When I got married, uh, I actually moved to America. That's where my husband and in-laws are based. That's where they're from. And... uh, uh, it's been a lot of back and forth traveling here and there. My background qualifications are in economics uh, with my bachelor's. And after that, I actually was working as a civil servant for the local authority in the housing department for many years. I worked my way up um, over a period of time to senior housing officer. My main passion, though, has always been complementary therapies. Even since I was a very young um, girl, I was always into massage aromatherapy oils, candles, all of these kind of things that were natural and organic and I just found really interesting um, not only to be able to treat myself but I enjoy treating other people as well. At that point it was just for fun, just a hobby, it wasn't that I was qualified in any of those things and even after marriage I never thought that I'm going to go into this seriously but in the early stages of marriage, um, you know, I was thinking I, I'd like to get into something. I, I, eventually, I would like to get formally qualified in any of my hobbies. And, you know, if I can make money from it, then great. Otherwise, it's just something that I love to do. The turning point came for me in my life when I was 22 years old. This was just after marriage and I've been healthy my whole life. And then suddenly uh, I started having seizures. They were really severe seizures where I was convulsing, had complete memory loss, didn't know what was happening around me. And it was a very frightening experience. It was a shock to everyone. Uh, Obviously myself, I was very traumatized because the seizures were very severe and all of my family was extremely upset and worried for me. The worst thing was that I was going to see lots of different doctors, Uh, initially my GP, then neurologists, then consultants. And this was over a period of 10 years. Um, The worrying thing is that it was happening in America and England as I was traveling back and forth, but none of the doctors, I went to the top neurologists in in both in London and even at Yale University, none of the doctors were able to explain what was wrong with me. I had every test that you can think of. I had scans, I had MRIs, EEGs and so on. Everything always came up normal. There was nothing wrong with me. You know, I even remember having to stay up all night just so that they could uh, see how I behaved when I was sleep deprived and so on. So for the following 10 years, roughly, I was back and forth to the doctors having all kinds of tests and the doctors were just never able to give us any answers. And in the end, they just gave up and they said that we don't know what it is. 
and they labeled it idiopathic epilepsy. So I wasn't born with epilepsy. I'd never had seizures as a child. And then suddenly I was having huge um, seizures, sometimes two, three, four, all in one go. And they were happening very rarely. So then I decided that I have to manage my own condition because the doctors aren't helping. And any medication they were putting me on was so strong and I was reacting very negatively. So if they tried to combine anything or I was just suffering from the side effects and then I would make myself worse. And then the more distraught I got and the more stressed out about it I got, the amount of stress would actually bring on more seizures. So I'd be so worried about having a seizure that I, I could actually even bring one on just by being distraught and not getting enough sleep. So the more I worried and fretted about it, the worse I was getting. And obviously it was distressing for my husband, my, my family, mm -hmm. everybody is extremely upset, not knowing what was going on. I think that's the worst thing is when you're not really sure and the doctors can't give you any answers. I think for any human being, the worst thing is that when you're sick and you're unable to do anything for yourself, um, it's the thought of losing hope. It's when the doctors aren't able to give you answers, when you go to them and you think that they're going to be able to resolve all of your issues. And in fact, they can't even do that because they don't know what's wrong with you. That's the worst thing that can happen. So when you start losing hope and then you haven't got the right approach or mindset about disease or uh, sickness, then you will definitely get worse. So it got to a point where I thought, okay, I need to manage my own sickness. I need to start taking control and empower myself because if not, if doctors can't do anything for me, my family can't, and I need to um, turn to Allah, subhanahu ta'ala, and try to make myself better. So even though I was on and off medication, some were working, some were not, uh, what we managed to do was uh, try out different ones then I just stopped taking medication because what I had to pay attention to was the triggers which was stress lack of sleep and also um, if I wasn't eating right so if I basically um, got low blood pressure or low blood sugar the combination of all of those things to, uh, together would have triggered off uh, a seizure um, so I had to make sure that I created the right environment for myself the way to do that for me was to turn to natural medicine. So what I started focusing on was things like uh, yoga, breathing, stretching, and on top of that, lots of different types of massage. And as I explained earlier, I was fanatical about complementary therapies anyway. I loved uh, to learn about them. So I decided to take some courses and get formally qualified because I wanted to know what I was doing, why I was doing it, and how it would help me. So that's where my journey started from. It comes from a very personal place because of the hardships that I had to suffer and go through. So the seizures were bad enough. They were extremely painful. I'd lose my memory. The convulsions made my muscles uh, obviously go into spasm and then I would be in a lot of pain for at least a week afterwards. Then I started having children as well and I knew that as a mother, it was my priority to put my health first so that I could take care of my children. When I was having the seizures, they were so bad that it was taking me at least a week to recover. So, And I knew I couldn't manage or cope like that with small children. So I decided to learn reflexology and then I also expanded into Indian head massage. So now Alhamdulillah I'm qualified in many things. I um, am certified in Indian head massage, reflexology, energy healing, 
Thai yoga massage. Alongside all of this, I realized that I needed to do stress management, talking therapy, counseling, mindset training. Eventually, I started uh, getting trained and qualified in life coaching. And also, I also started to undertake mindfulness classes and so on. As I grew older and I became more experienced in this field, I realized that the most important thing was to have a holistic approach towards everything, looking at mind, body and soul. So that was one of the main reasons that I've been um, focusing on this side. So the more qualified I got, mashallah, my understanding of physiology increased, obviously, but also learning about human behavior, the human mind, how that affects our soul as well. The most important thing out of all of this was to keep an Islamic approach to everything. Um, and I realized at the time of the, uh, the start of my journey when I was sick, that um, I was getting very negative, very depressed, feeling very sad all the time and hopeless. And th that was just not the way I am naturally. I, you know, I've, I've always been a very bubbly, lively person, very energetic, positive. So to suddenly start experiencing these extreme personality changes was very serious for us. It was something that was noticeable for everyone. And I used to wonder what's wrong with me. You know, I wondered why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Um, what am I supposed to do now? I can't cope with this. So there was a lot of uh, negativity. So eventually what happened was I carried on with all of these uh, complementary therapies. And the more I learned, the more I knew that the, the natural method was the best way. Now, our whole life growing up from a South Asian background, we always used to learn about typology and temperaments. We always used to learn about food being the medicine and hot and cold temperaments and hot and cold properties of food and I used to just think that was old wives tales from the village back home but eventually as I started learning more about sunnah health and about traditional Islamic medicine I realized that it's actually based on the truth and it's based on Quranic philosophy and the approach towards food and how we should be eating for our body type so that was really quite a revelation for me Alhamdulillah, I started building up my portfolio of qualifications. By the time I had three children, Alhamdulillah, that's when I came across hijama cupping therapy. So I'd known about Chinese medicine beforehand. I thought I was very clued on about exactly all of the complementary therapies that are out there. And I knew what cupping therapy was. And, you know, I'd never received it myself, but I, I knew people who had had Chinese cupping done. So that was all I knew about cupping at that stage and once my friend mentioned oh I'm doing a course in hijama therapy but I didn't see her very often and I never heard back from her I did ask her what is hijama therapy and uh, she got busy with moving or something and we never got to discuss it so when I was visiting from America uh, to England I came to stay with my family for a while and at the end of the day, when they're with their grandparents, you have free babysitting. So I just thought I should take advantage of that time. And I decided to Google hijama therapy because um, I was quite fascinated. I just wanted to find out what it was. I had to know. So the Google search keyword, it came up with a whole list of hadith and about hijama cupping therapy. And I was just dumbfounded. I thought, oh my God, I had no idea that it was actually an Islamic therapy. And the more hadith I was reading, and, and many of them were authentic, I was thinking, oh my God, how can I not know that there's an Islamic remedy out there and cupping therapy is actually, there's an Islamic version of it. So the more I researched, my mind was being blown and I was thinking that 
I know every other complementary therapy out there, I'm so qualified, mashallah, in many other things. How can I not know about a traditional Islamic one like this? And this was over 11 years ago. At that time, hijama cupping therapy wasn't very well known in the UK at all, or even globally. And even our Muslim people don't know much about it. Even before I had tried it out, even before I saw a video of how it's performed, even before I knew exactly what it was, I just decided I have to get qualified in this. So if I can spend time and money on other courses, I can definitely learn an Islamic therapy. So I started researching. I was looking for any kind of courses. At that time, there weren't many colleges available or services for hijama cupping therapy. So I found one certification course, which I enrolled on immediately. I found out, a few, you know, I kind of shopped around, asked them questions. And at that time, they were online, so that was suitable for me. Because of my seizures, I wasn't able to travel out, uh, especially going anywhere on my own or anything like that. So I needed an online model. And then uh, I found another one day practical course, which I wanted to attend for the sake of getting the practical experience. And Alhamdulillah, they were both phenomenal for me. They were a turning point in my life. I learned so much from them. Uh, the one day practical course helped to boost my confidence and gave me insight into the treatment itself. And then on top of that, the online certification course, I was able to learn a lot more. And obviously, mashallah, they facilitated me a lot, especially around me traveling and so on. So that was a real blessing. I got certified. I finished the courses very, very quickly. Um, and there's been no looking back since then. Alhamdulillah, my life has changed completely. Uh, when I realized the power of the hijama cupping therapy, uh, actually alongside me, my sister started getting trained and qualified when she learned what it was too. So initially we were performing case studies when we were studying and we were treating each other. And I found it so beneficial. Literally, I feel like it cured my epilepsy. So initially I was having seizures um, very, very regularly. And then once I started having the hijama cupping therapy, it reduced them so much. And uh, on the whole, my immune system was boosted. All the other symptoms I was suffering from reduced a lot. Uh, the hijama cupping therapy was such a relief, especially when you have head cupping done. If you have any kind of neurological disorders, the head cupping is fantastic. It took away so much pressure and stress and it just made me feel so much happier. So I started receiving it myself regularly. Uh, I was giving it to my family in the UK. Then when I went back to the States, I started treating my husband and my in-laws. And then there were a few cases where some friends were talking about how they had certain pain. And I'd been treating them with Indian head massage and various other techniques I'd learned. I, I became quite commonly known in my community uh, amongst the sisters for being able to provide complementary therapies such as reflexology and so on. And Alhamdulillah, I already had a name for myself in that respect. Um, and then a few, and then there was one sister in particular who was suffering chronically from arthritis and she was so young, she was barely in her twenties. And I knew that the hijama would help her, but being in America, um, you know, there's the real fear of being sued or, you know, they could, it could be illegal if you're using a blade. Or, or, or cutting someone's skin without medical licensing. So I was very cautious when I started telling people that I, I've learned a new therapy, it's called cupping therapy or hijama. It's a sunnah remedy. At that point, we were living in Connecticut. No one even knew what it was. Um, it was a completely new phenomenon for everyone. 
So I treated this one lady and she was very popular or well-known in the community. She started telling other people about it. And slowly, several women started coming to me for treatments. And it was done very casually, literally in my bedroom. You know, obviously I made sure about health and safety, hygiene, making sure that the client was safe, all of those things. But even at that very basic, simple, humble level, I was getting such amazing results. And the word just spread like wildfire. So then it got to the point where people wanted to um, invite us to speak about it. So I was doing more and more research and the more passionate I became, uh, I understood that this is a sunnah remedy and it became like a mission that we have to educate the world about uh, hijama cupping therapy. We, we can't just keep this quiet. This can't uh, just become like a hidden secret that people do you know, privately under the table or in the bedroom hiding it from the rest of the world. And there's just so much benefit and power in it. So one of my friends, she was a, she's a, an American revert sister. She's a nurse. She came and got hijama done from me and she loved it. She benefited greatly. Then she ended up inviting her friends who were non-Muslim nurses. One lady came and then she loved the therapy so much. This is a nurse, by the way. Um, she then invited her, um, she brought her mum and her daughter. And when that happened, my husband and I were just in shock. We were thinking, we were just thinking, how can this be that, uh, you know, even non-Muslims are coming to us, this therapy is just so powerful. And we have a duty and an obligation to actually share this knowledge that it's so effective that even non-Muslim medical professionals are coming to me for hijama cupping therapy in my bedroom at home. It was just mind blowing. And then we, we realized that this is, something that we have to share. Uh, it's just so important to help people in the community. So we started doing workshops in the local masjid. Then some sisters invited us to New York to do a massive workshop there. Um, that was a very, very successful, massive turnout, alhamdulillah. I never would have expected that this could be happening to me, um, but it just grew from there. So then the sisters who had attended that talk said that they wanted to learn how to perform hijama. So then we decided to set up a workshop for training in Connecticut. And we had so many students come from all over the place. So at that point, when my husband realized that, you know, people are interested, even if it's an online product, they're going to still travel because the fact is it is Sunnah and many people who are learning about it are interested and are prepared to make that, um, make that decision to travel. So he actually set up a website, um, mashallah, he's a, a business and IT consultant. He's got experience and background in real estate, property, e-commerce and various other things. So basically he thought that he should set up a website at least for me. So at this stage, it was just for fun. It was just something for me to do, you know, for myself. It was outside of the in-laws, the children, the daily routine of everything. It was something that was my passion. And I could just grow casually that I want, you know, in the way that I wanted. It was my baby. But um, once we got more and more students and people were willing to travel from all over the world, literally, as soon as our website was up, people were emailing us from different states in America, as well as other countries, saying that they wanted to come and get hijama done from us. So um, that was just phenomenal. It was really mind blowing. Then the more we grew, um, the more we expanded, we realized that we had to do something. So I contacted the Connecticut 
um, Department of Health. There was a, a lot of back and forth with them. Firstly, they weren't even sure what to, um, which department a hijama cupping therapy would come under. Um, there was a lot of red tape involved and at that point they weren't comfortable with giving me permission to actually perform it. But ironically, they said that we were allowed to teach it, which was really strange. At that point, my husband and I knew that we had to decide what we wanted to do with this. Alhamdulillah, I actually had a dream about the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So when that happened, I took that as a sign that this was something that we had to do. Uh, we had to come to the UK and expand this knowledge and be able to teach because it's not regulated in the UK and legally we would be free to practice hijama cupping therapy. So when I had that dream, we just decided that this has to happen now. This is our mission in life now and it's become our spiritual it's become our spiritual goal in life and we feel that there's nothing else for us to do. Uh, we have to stick to this. And don't get me wrong, it's been a very long and difficult journey. There's been lots of hardships and hurdles. There's been lots of problems for us. Many times we wanted to give up or even during the pandemic, for example, you know, the business was ready to be shut down. But somehow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps bringing us back. We just keep being pushed back onto this path. There's all, it's like, and now we realize this is our calling. There's nothing else for us to do. Even if we, um, you know, diversify, go into other businesses, uh, get qualified in other things. At the end of the day, hijama cupping therapy is the first thing that we will always be practicing. Alhamdulillah. Since then, there's been no looking back. We got trained further in what we call Yunani medicine, which is Arab Greek medicine. Also learning about sunnah foods, uh, typology and temperaments how to eat right for your body. And I don't mean that in a nutritional sense or a blood type sense. I'm talking about how it's discussed according to Sunnah and Islamic medicine. So the more I learned about this, um, we ended up incorporating that into the course as well. When we were still in the early days, we just did the very basic course in America. But by the time we came to the UK, we created and offered the online diploma. And since then, over a 10 year period, there's been so much uh, morphing for the course, for the diploma. And at the moment, it's now developed into the level five accredited higher diploma in hijama cupping therapy. Um, since we've come here, we've had such an amazing journey. We never thought this would happen. If I look back now, 10, 15 years, I never ever would have thought that I'd be sitting here today talking to you about hijama cupping therapy or um, running an international school, which is globally recognized. You know, we're registered and approved with so many institutions. And also we have over 2000 students uh, in over 50 countries around the world, alhamdulillah. And I never thought this would be happening to me. This wasn't something that I had planned. I had no conception of this ever happening. And yet Allah has put us on this path. And it's been the most amazing journey, um, especially learning about Sunnah health, that's been one of the biggest blessings in my life. And now we incorporate it in every way for our children, for our families, for our clients. Um, since we came to the UK, we've had several clinics. We started off in London, then we moved to Birmingham and we've been running clinic, either I do mobile work or we've had our own actual clinic and offices where we do live training as well. Uh, unfortunately, due to the pandemic, um, things were closed down for obvious reasons, for health and safety and so on. And the model is mainly online now. Um, but even still, people are enrolling every single day. They're loving the course. They're enjoying the diploma. 
Um, over time, our, our skills and experience expanded so much. So then um, my husband is a certified life coach as well, um, even before we got into hijama. So uh, we were already into kind of, we were already into self-development and learning about um, mindfulness and, and uh, critical thinking. When we learned more about hijama cupping therapy, we knew the physiological side, obviously we understood that. But then we were also learning about the spiritual side involved and the unseen, which involves metaphysical issues such as jinn, black magic and evil eye. So once I started learning about all of that, then our whole mindset expanded so much. We realized that we really have to promote the course as a mind, body and soul course with an Islamic approach. Because when I'd learned it, it was mainly from a Chinese point of view, or it was just a practical hijama course with uh, no theoretical knowledge. And I, I didn't feel like that was enough. So when we designed the course, we made sure that it was still online and flexible, which suited mums like myself. I was my primary customer. That's how we modeled it. And then on top of that, we had to make sure that we included all of the Sunnah health and the Islamic side as well. So um, eventually over time, we did thousands of case studies, research. Uh, we got results from our own students and graduates, as well as our own clinical research and study. And we decided to move away from the traditional hijama models. You know, at the end of the day, we wanted to think outside the box. Uh, we were ready to, you know, experience things that were more challenging. We didn't want to just follow the crowd. So most of the research we had in our original diploma was taken from those standard uh, people who had been teaching it. We didn't feel like that was enough. So eventually we moved away from that. And then once we'd done more case studies, we realized that hijama is made overcomplicated and it's actually a really simple thing. It's just detox and cleansing. So if you have that approach towards all of your treatment plans, you just can't go wrong. And however much people may mock hijama cupping therapy or think it's a backward treatment, um, they have a very negative viewpoint of it. Uh, it's actually wrong and no doctor or no medical person or scientific person can argue the fact that, you know, if you're take, removing toxic blood from the body and you're doing a detox and a cleanse, which everyone accepts, even in the West, you can't go wrong with that. And um, Alhamdulillah, things have just got bigger and better since then. So we created our own original holistic hijama treatment system, and that's got all of our hijama points and treatment plans in there, as well as the diet plans and the 21 day diet plans, which we created, especially around cancer clients, actually, a lot of this was born from treating people with cancer. So once we saw the results for cancer clients, and which was so positive, and those people were recovering and feeling better, we thought you can't go wrong. If you're even treating someone with cancer, and they're feeling better, then you, any other disease is going to be easily tackled with uh, the holistic hijama treatment system. So that's what we uh, created, uh, we developed that. And even now it's always ongoing, we're always researching. And finally, we've been planning to do hijama nation TV for about five years now, and it's just not happened. There were always so many blockages, not enough time, the pandemic, there were always so many problems and nothing seemed to be working. But, you know, Allah gives us an allotted time for everything. And now it was the right time. And we're so thrilled, we're so blessed and honored that we're able to launch this service finally, especially during Ramadan, 
2022 is just the most exciting thing. We've been really, really excited. We've been working very, very hard. Um, the point of the Hijamination TV, it's uh, an, a, a culmination of everything that we've been wanting to offer. So many people who um, can't afford the course or maybe just don't want to become practitioners, but they are really interested in hijama. We wanted to offer this to them. Hijamination TV is for Muslims, for non-Muslims. It's for anyone of any age. Everyone is welcome. And we're trying to teach people about hijama coping therapy in particular, but also natural health generally and specifically traditional Islamic medicine and understanding Sunnah health, the Sunnah diet, and um, learning about ways that you can improve your life and also mindset training. It's really important for us to um, offer people coaching, uh, especially in the context of their health as well. So we do holistic health coaching. I myself personally, I do offer one-to-one -one coaching. Usually we offer it on two levels. We do treatments where I actually personally treat clients and do coaching with them for, with the full package. Or we also do training where we offer one-to-one -one, uh, live practical training to become a hijama practitioner or also group coaching. So generally speaking, our course is um, self-paced, self-study. It's an online diploma, but we also offer it with group coaching and one-to-one -one coaching. And if you are interested in those packages and you want to learn from us directly, please email us at info at hijamination.com. And we'll be happy to give you the um, packages. And uh, I should warn you, though, we only take students that are serious. Um, you know, it's a it's a real life investment financially and also mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You have to really be on top of your game and know exactly what you want. And we don't want to waste our time with people who aren't serious. So um, we will only consider clients or students who are really serious about um, making positive changes in their life and trying to help their family and their friends as well, inshallah. Out of all of this, uh, obviously, I have love and passion for sunnah health and hijama cupping therapy. The reason is because I have seen so many miracle cases. Literally, we have had clients who've been told by the doctors that they don't know what's wrong with them and they can't help them, or that they're so serious and they're on their deathbed, literally they've been sent home for palliative care to be comfortable so they can die at home. We've had cancer clients, we've treated infertility cases. I've had some of the most amazing, crazy cases that you can ever think of. And even within one session, maybe two to three sessions of hijama cupping therapy, those people have recovered and healed and got better. And it's mind blowing that these results are commonly recurring. It's not just one off cases that you think um, might be positive results. These are ongoing over the last 11 years of our life um, through uh, with running several clinics as well. So I have complete faith in traditional Islamic medicine because I have complete faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there are so many authentic hadith, which you can even see on our website, which verify how important hijama cupping therapy is, how valuable it is for, uh, for mankind. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, peace be upon him, used to have hijama done himself for physical pain as well as metaphysical issues. Now, this is something that's really, really important. Everyone should be aware of this. As Muslims, it states in the Quran that there are jinn, black magic, and evil eye. It talks about those in various surahs. However, many liberal or modern Muslims don't really believe in that. 
or scientific people who are cynic, they say it's not scientifically proven, there's no empirical evidence and so on. At the end of the day, we can't verify those cases because it's the unseen, it's the gayb, and only Allah knows best. We don't know what's actually happening with a client, but hijama cupping therapy does treat um, metaphysical issues such as jinn, black magic, evil eye and envy, or any kind of negative ent entity which may attach itself or be sent by someone. So these are really, really important things to know. It was like a dirty secret before, and most hijama practitioners or colleges did not want to discuss it, did not really share it. It was seen as a topic not to be spoken about. There was a lot of stigma attached to that, and also to mental health issues within our community. Um, sometimes it's difficult to tell between a mental health problem, which is medically or scientifically proven or diagnosed, and then also anything to do with gin or black magic or evil eye. Um, either way, there's a fine line between them. Our main approach is that whether it's physical or metaphysical, Allah tells us that the Quran is the medicine and that's what we have to use for healing. So whenever you're, we're treating people, we take on clients with the approach that uh, it could be a physical or a metaphysical issue. Regardless, it doesn't matter. What we have to do is the hijama and the ruqya combined with intention for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cleanse that client and heal them on a physical or metaphysical uh, level. Uh, many people don't even know that they're afflicted. And the reason that my husband and I have such faith and conviction in this, all of our current teachings are based on our own knowledge and experience and then conviction. And then that's why we're propagating it further. It turned out that my so-called epilepsy and my seizure episodes were actually gin related. Now, my whole life I've been quite sensitive to um, different energies but I never knew what was going on with me. By the time I was practicing hijama cupping therapy, even in the beginning when I had case studies, I started picking up on different energies and I was experiencing gin episodes with my clients, even in the early days. I didn't know much about it at that time, so it was quite nerve wracking. I did used to get a bit scared or nervous or confused about what's happening and so on. But at the end of the day, if you have strong faith, then nothing's going to scare you. And you know, as long as you accept that those entities are there, they do live parallel with us and you have to just respect them and know that there's boundaries. Um, as long as you don't uh, sort of go against Quran and Sunnah and start getting involved in that kind of thing, such as magic or, you know, talking to the jinn, then there should be no problem. There's nothing to worry about. So eventually, uh, one time my husband was treating me and it triggered a jinn episode and randomly, uh, you know, jinn manifest itself. That was my husband's first time that he experienced it. And obviously he performed the hijama, he did the rukya. And then since then, uh, we were both experiencing this quite regularly. And it was like a portal had been opened up or something. Um, and, you know, we found out from different sheikhs. We did the research and we found out from some people who are professionals or experienced in this field. They were trusted and followed Quran and Sunnah um, that uh, I'd actually had black, black magic done on me. Um, and there was a lot of uh, evil eye and envy on me, and that was what was causing the seizures. And then at various times, my husband carried on doing the hijama. Um, there were various people who had actually done it on me and so on. So at that point, I wasn't scared anymore because knowledge is power. So once we realized what was going on, we did as much research as possible and embraced it. I got better when I embraced the fact that I may well have epilepsy, or I may also have gin issues, 
And either way, it's fine. Alhamdulillah. Now you just have to move on and, and learn to deal with it and tackle it. Um, and you do that through methods that are taught in Quran and Sunnah. So that was the main thing that I had to focus on. I had to get better for the sake of my children. I was sick of being sick. I just didn't want to be in this situation anymore. So that's the main thing, especially with metaphysical issues. My advice to you is that you learn as much as you can. And you have to make sure that you protect yourself with your Quran, your Rukia, your Adgar, your Salah, and also giving charity as well. Um, but it's really important to remember, if you show fear, then that's when these things from Shaitan um, and, you know, the Shayateen can kind of take over you. So that was several years ago. And since then, I'm always picking up energies from people. Sometimes it's from my, it's myself. Other times I might treat a client and then um, if they were afflicted, the jinn may affect me, um, even to the point that it affects my children as well sometimes. Um, so that's a whole different topic. Uh, it is very strongly related to hijama company therapy, but so most people think that they're two separate fields, but really they're very complementary fields and we feel that you should perform rukia every time you perform hijama anyway, regardless, full stop. So that's my story. I hope that it's given you some insight into the background of hijama nation and understanding how my husband and I work, um, why we do what we do, what our goals and mission is. Um, you know, primarily we want to revive the sunnah and this is working towards our akhirah. So we want to leave a legacy for our children. And uh, we also want to make sure that this is a sadhgajariya which is ongoing. And Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed us by teaching our students, our graduates, then their case studies, their families and friends. So it's kind of a trickle down effect. We've still got so far to go. Not enough people know about hijama cupping therapy around the world. There's just so much more to do. We've got huge plans and inshallah, Allah will help us to achieve those goals inshallah. And that's the main reason for Hijama Nation TV. We want to be able to reach as many people globally they can watch the videos, they can be inspired by real life people. You know, we want people to know, we want people to know that we're real, um, uh, you know, that our staff team are real, that we, you know, really take our work seriously. We want to be here to help you out. We want to inspire people, uh, encourage you to know that you can get qualified, you can become a hijama practitioner, you can really change people's lives. And my main passion out of all of this is to uh, educate people about metaphysical issues because I go through this hardship even today. Um, I, it's been several years now, probably five or six years I've been going through this. Um, some cases have been so extreme and they're real horror stories. And I'll save those for another day for you. We will be running a metaphysics series. Uh, later on, we'll be talking about Rukia, um, hijama cupping therapy for gin episodes and, and so on. So we will be featuring those in other uh, episodes later. I'll be discussing those cases with you, inshallah. But I love being able to train and qualify sisters. And, you know, for um, there's a real sense of sisterhood, especially when I meet them and they come for training days and so on. Being able to encourage them to be entrepreneurs, to be able to set up their own business, to become empowered. And the beauty is that you know, sometimes women get confused with their identity and they feel like they're no one unless they've got a job and a title and they have to have a career because they're kind of trying to fit into the Western model. But it's okay to still be a full-time mum, 
still be a so-called homemaker, which most women find an insult, but it's, and, and people use it in a derogatory term or housewife or homemaker, but it's not, you know, it's a full-time job and it's not easy looking after your children, running a home and all of those things. But then being able to have your own income when you're working from home with your children around your own uh, hours that work for you and being self-employed, there's nothing more um, rewarding than that. And alhamdulillah, this course or this qualification helps people to be able to achieve that. I've gone through it myself. This was my life 11 years ago. And based on that experience, we're offering it to you, you know, to all of the sisters out there, but also the brothers too. This is a message for you to know that anyone can get trained, anyone can get qualified, and you are able to become part of this mission. You can revive the Sunnah too, inshallah, with us. And that's what our goal is, to make sure that there's hijama practitioners in every home, in every town, every city, every country around the world. That's what we want. You know, people should make hijama cupping therapy the first point to go to, as opposed to going to the GP who's just going to give you painkillers or medicine or they don't really know what they're talking about sometimes. They don't have answers for you. So the main thing is that we want people to join Hijama Nation for that reason, to you know, spread the knowledge and revive this sunnah and, and get the spiritual reward as well. It's so rewarding to be able to help people. There's a lot of fulfillment in this work. It's very gratifying when you are able to help people who are really sick and suffering. And literally with just one Hijama session, or some dry cupping, you know, you're able to help them and their pain is relieved. And, you know, they do feel very um, grateful and they, you know, they express their happiness or their joy. And that's really lovely. That's such a nice feeling to have when you're able to help someone. And most importantly, if you have suffered hardship yourself or you've been sick, you know how that feels. And, and I'm talking from personal experience. I've gone through some real physical hardships. My seizures are were so bad that I nearly died a few times. And the doctors were shocked in awe that how could I have survived? The last set I had, I had four in one go and literally um, I my brain was starved of oxygen for about uh, 20 minutes. The doctors were astounded that how I survived, but it wasn't my time. Uh, Alhamdulillah, Allah had blessed me with that time. And that was just another um, experience for me to learn from and grow from. Um, even when I was pregnant with my first child at about five, five months, I had a seizure and the doctors were shocked how I survived and my baby survived, alhamdulillah. So there are things that Allah can make happen and they are miracles. And, you know, science can't always explain it to them. The doctors can't always give you a reason for what's happening. You know, everything has its place, but you also have to have hope. And you also have to look at things with an open mind. You know, it's not always that allopathic medicine is going to work for you. Try to look for naturopathic medicine. Find out, you know, alternative therapies, complementary therapies. Um, see whatever options are out there for you. So if you are sick and suffering, or you've come from a place of, um, you know, a negative experience like that, then help others. Do stuff. Do something productive with your life. Um, and, you know, that could be your purpose, your why. Why do you want to help people so that you can benefit others just like you suffered? Now it's your time to help someone else with the mercy and blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's really, really important for you to all think about everything that I've said today. Please 
my take home message for you all is that you should keep an open mind about natural medicine and learn about um, Sunnah health and the way our Holy Prophet وسلم, practiced. And if you start implementing those small changes in your life, that's a recitation of the Quran, a hijama cupping therapy, fasting, all of these things are detoxes for your mind, body, and soul. And once you keep cleansing yourself, you will definitely find benefit and you will feel much better, inshallah. So I hope that you are able to get benefit from all of these episodes that are coming up. And there's going to be more interviews with my husband, Modessa um, Raja, who's the CEO of Hijama Nation. And then also all of our staff team, as well as our students, graduates, and expert speakers. These are all coming up soon. We're so, so excited to finally be able to offer this service to you. It's a long-term thing. You'll have lifetime access. It will be weekly episodes. So I hope you've uh, benefited from this episode today. Um, it's been really good to talk to you. Inshallah, I'm going to be discussing the case study now. And if you have any questions, please do email us at info at If you are interested in enrolling the course, you can click on the link to apply. And if you are interested in receiving hijama treatment, you can just click on the other link for registered members who are certified by us. Okay, alhamdulillah, I think I've said everything I needed to say. The case I'm going to discuss now with you in detail is a female client who's in her early 30s and she had a sudden seizure and then had severe memory loss after a fall. Her relative contacted me and asked me if hijama would help with memory loss. When she told me the details of the case, I thought, yes, definitely I have to help her. And, but I was also more concerned because she'd just had a baby as well. And her relative told me that... Um, Due to her memory loss, she wasn't holding the baby, she wasn't feeding her, she wasn't taking care of her, she didn't recognize her husband or her children. So that really broke my heart. I just thought, oh, you know, I have to at least try, let me figure out what to do, inshallah. So I went to the ladies, I, I gave the lady a call, and she was an old family friend. So I had been told that she wouldn't recognize me or remember me, and she, she wasn't really talking to people, she didn't know what was going on. But when I started speaking to her and I told her who I was, she said, oh, you're such and such daughter, aren't you? And I was really shocked because if, if, so, if she's meant to have lost her memory, how did she remember my father? But the fact is her memory loss was bad because my father had just passed away. May Allah grant him Jannah. Um, I mean, uh, my dad had just died the year earlier. So I said, yeah, he, my father actually passed away. She said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But the fact that she remembered that showed me that, um, you know, she did remember some things. And then she said, oh, you're the one that does hijama, aren't you? And I said, yes. Now, the irony is before this lady had had many, many um, severe situations happening. There was a strange sicknesses in her family with her children. She'd had really abnormal miscarriages. There were all kinds of strange things always going on with them. And I'd said to her from the start, I really believe there's some metaphysical issues going on with your family and you need to address them. And at that point, she didn't take it seriously. She didn't really believe in it and she just thought it was all quackery. She didn't really believe in the hijama cupping therapy, even though she knew that I was very professional. Um, so she was aware of all of these things and I'd been saying it. So when, when I found out this had happened to her, I... I was sure 90% that this must be some type of metaphysical issue going on. 
The fact that she remembered that I did hijama and she'd forgotten everybody else, but she remembered me as the lady who did hijama for me was a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that that's what she needs, you know, clearly um, Allah makes everything for, happen for a reason and we have to have the right approach even when we're sick and we're suffering. Um, that's as a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you have to see it as a, a means to wash away your sins, a rectification of your sins and so on. So um, I decided to go and see her because she seemed quite open-minded. When I arrived at her home, uh, the children were not there. She had uh, an older daughter and an older son, and then she had a, the baby. Unfortunately, her husband had had to give away the children temporarily to his family members to help out with the school run and so on, and uh, feed the baby because she, she wasn't holding the baby or feeding it. Um, at that time, she'd been nursing. So her husband was upstairs and I started doing the hijama treatment on her. Firstly, I did the medical form. I found out exactly what had happened, you know, what she'd experienced. So she was engaging with me. She was talking to me normally, but she was saying, I can't remember anything from now. You know, I don't want to talk to my husband. He's telling me he's my husband or the children. Um, I've been told that I've got the kids, but I, I don't want to talk to anyone and so on. So uh, she explained that she had been walking and apparently she thought she tripped on the side of the road on the curb and she fell and lost consciousness. Um, and then after that, she had memory loss that was very severe. And the doctors said it was about two years that she'd lost her memory of. Uh, she had lost about two years worth of her memory. So that was mind blowing for me, but I totally got it because I've had seizures and I have complete memory loss and I know exactly what she was going through. She'd had a few injuries as well from the fall, uh, falling on the, the road and the pavement. So um, once I'd explained everything to her, obviously I knew she had memory loss, so it was difficult. Um, so I had to make sure that she understood the procedure and she signed all of the documents and she was happy to proceed. Then I started doing moving cupping on her back. I did fixed cupping and um, then I did hijama cupping. I think I did about seven cups on her back. So everything went very well. She was enjoying it. She was chatting away to me, but I was still very cautious and I could feel that something could happen soon, maybe on a spiritual level. So I was just reciting. And then uh, I took her off the massage table and I got her to sit down because I wanted to do cupping on her head. While I was trying to perform the hijama, I hadn't even got to her head yet. I was still doing her neck. Uh, she started speaking to me, but her voice changed and she started speaking in a, a, a different manner. So I realized straight away that it, the cupping had triggered uh, an episode with her. Maybe a jinn was manifesting. So I just started carrying on talking to her and I, I was reciting. So by this stage, I realized it's not just a head injury or memory loss. This is actually a metaphysical issue. Um, and it in, turned out it involved black magic and a full on gin episode. So I started reciting on her. Um, she was starting to react and then she was calling her husband. So once I got her dressed, I got her covered. I knew we were ready. So I called my husband to come and do Rokia on her. And uh, then her husband came as well. So I was done with the hijama because I knew that if I uh, did any more, it would trigger more. But uh, at that time then, I think there were two other jinns that were taken out and there was one female one, which was uh, a friendly jinn. The others were um, removed. And then they were saying that there's still one very, very strong and evil one. Now this lady is 
quite short. She's probably about five two at the most. Uh, a very friendly, bubbly person, very lively and well mannered. But the way she behaved afterwards was just not like her at all. So um, she became extremely strong and powerful. First, she was trying to attack my husband. Um, and we had to kind of like hold her down. And then her own husband came and she was attacking him. And the poor guy was literally holding her from, um, from the back and trying to restrict her, refrain her from moving because she kept trying to attack my husband while he was reciting. So I was just sitting at the back. Um, this was a really scary experience, obviously, um, but it was fascinating to watch, obviously, and I was reciting and you know just ready that if I need to do hijama on her again, I can. So it turned out it was a Meljin uh, speaking in Punjabi language, um, swearing and shouting a lot. This is not the way that the client would have normally spoken. And even the Punjabi style was very different to what she would normally speak. So it turned out that someone had had done black magic on their whole family. It was very severe and very old. Um, and the jinn was very, very arrogant and he wouldn't leave and he was constantly fighting. And even while um, she was being refrained by her husband and my husband was reciting, um, I was sitting watching and, you know, literally her eyes were rolling back and it was all white. And she was just laughing and saying that, oh, you're not going to be able to find me. Um, you know, I'm, you can't get rid of me. And even if you, even if I leave, they're going to send more gins and they're going to come. Um, so it's a really, really intensive case. It was all very dramatic. It lasted for about uh, easily an hour. And this poor woman was exhausted, completely shattered afterwards. She had no recollection of it at all. Uh, by the time uh, they managed to get rid of the gin, um, she was very, very weak and tired. She, she couldn't remember any kind of possession. She didn't know that she had been speaking in a different voice that she, or that she was physically exerting herself so much. You've got this tiny woman trying to attack and beat up two men. Um, obviously, it was very serious. And, and obviously the gin was giving her that force or that power. Um, so, you know, we gave them aftercare treatment. We settled her down. Things were much calmer. Um, my husband and I were both in shock. Obviously we hadn't expected this at all. Uh, it was one of our most profound metaphysical cases that we've ever experienced. Um, like I said, we've experienced hundreds, uh, even from myself, obviously personally as well, but with clients too. But this one was just uh, amazing to even watch that, you know, that the gin had so much physical power. Um, it was challenging two grown men. And, uh, you know, the things that he was saying uh, were just really quite uh, mind blowing. So, um, alhamdulillah, it was such a blessing. Like, you think, these things are scary and it was nerve-wracking but you know there's just so much of hijama that we don't understand there's so much of the unseen that we don't know about but as long as you are respectful and you know the boundaries and you always remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made human beings superior to um jinn um you know and you don't fear them then there's, there's no problem as long as you're reciting Quran and so on and you follow the rules of self-protection with uh, Rukia and Adgar and so on. So right after the uh, incident happened and she regained consciousness and the jinn had gone, uh, she recognized her husband straight away. She remembered him, so she was comfortable with him. And then uh, when we left, within an hour, her husband called my husband, very grateful and very emotional, and he said that she's already got her memory back. 
she's it's it's a bit patchy at the moment but it's coming back she's remembering the children she's asking for the children and uh since then i was checking in with her and she actually was happy she was happily holding her baby she was uh, nursing the baby and uh, she recovered very quickly after that and uh, the doctors still didn't know what was wrong with her or how she was uh, recovered so quickly they were shocked that you know she would she was able to regain her memory um but that was just such an outstanding and a powerful case it was so distinctive that something so severe that it was a two-year gap in her memory and she completely forgot who her own children were she was refusing to hold her baby or nurse her that really was very upsetting for me when i heard about that and alhamdulillah allah put me in this position to be able to treat her and allah helped her to not only get rid of the jinn and the negative energy energies that were around her but also to uh, remember her husband and her children and get her life back to normal Alhamdulillah, her husband was able to bring the children home. They got back into their routine. There was a lot of upheaval afterwards. Um, other extended members of the family had also had the magic done from the same person, um, experienced some real chronic hardships. Um, it turned out that all of them had had the black magic done on them. And, you know, there was a lot of up and down for them for months and months. They had to have uh, intensive rukia every single day. And even this female client that I treated, she ended up finding um, odd items in the house, like nails under the mattress and just bits and bobs that were there that shouldn't have been there. And they have no idea how they turned up. And it was all just really creepy and weird. But this stuff is real. It actually happens. We've seen the most mind blown cases, um, but it's real. And I mean, it's there. It happens and we just have to accept it. And learn how to deal with it and move on inshallah so that was one of my best cases it was close to my heart because uh i experienced seizures memory loss myself and on top of that you know this lady had the most severe metaphysical case that i've seen from someone else um so it was a very interesting case it impacted me a lot um it's a real eye-opener as well and so it's such a blessing that we're able to come across such amazing cases like this one day inshallah when i have time i'm really hoping to be able to write a book about all of this stuff um i mean some of the horror stories i could tell you are just crazy and it's literally like the stuff of movies that wow is this real but you know either i'm going crazy or we're or my husband is and we're seeing things that aren't real or this actually is happening and it's a blessing because we're getting to see it and it's not many people who are able to go through that as well so um i hope that was interesting for you i hope you've benefited in some way inshallah i look forward to sharing so many more stories with you regarding metaphysical issues but also our case studies which are very valuable in the upcoming episode we'll be speaking to sister sidra we'll be discussing how she used hijama cupping therapy and natural remedies to treat chronic asthma, eczema, anxiety and gastrointestinal issues. She'll be sharing the hijama treatment plans and results with you all so you can benefit from the hijama knowledge. I hope you enjoyed the topics discussed. Be sure to like today's episode and subscribe to Hijama Nation podcast so you won't miss our weekly episode. If you're interested in enrolling onto our online hijama cupping therapy course, you can visit our website at www hijamination.com and enroll yourself onto the course. That's a wrap for today and we will see you next week. Take care.